0: Welcome to Transforming Healthcare with Clear Arch Health. An ongoing exploration into the important developments shaping digital healthcare brought to you by ClearArch Health, a leading provider of advanced remote patient monitoring technology, personal emergency response systems, and turnkey virtual care solutions. In this episode, we'll hear from Chris Otto, Executive Vice President of Technology and Analytics for ClearArch Health. Chris Otto is a remote patient monitoring expert, a healthcare technology entrepreneur, and holder of 12. U.S. patents. In addition to co-founding a consumer healthcare and patient monitoring company in 2008, Chris played a pivotal role in launching the very first automatic fall detection solution and bringing it to market. Get ready now for an eye-opening discussion about mHealth technology and how the growing use of mobile health apps may help patients stay out of the hospital longer and improve access to care, especially for those who want to successfully age in place.
1: Hello and welcome to Transforming Healthcare with ClearArch Health. I'm Debbie Fisher, Senior Director of Customer Success and Transformation for ClearArch. Before we start, just a quick reminder that you can sign up for critical virtual care industry updates, access valuable resources, and discover all that we do at ClearArch to advance healthcare delivery by visiting us at www.cleararchhealth.com. Well, I am honored to talk today with Chris Otto, Executive Vice President of Technology and Analytics for ClearArch Health. Hello, Chris, and welcome, and thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you, Debbie. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: So, Chris, for the benefit of those of our audience and those who may not be as familiar with you as I am, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? How you got started in the healthcare technology, and what was of interest to you in this industry?
2: Yeah, sure. So, uh, if I if I go a little long, just feel free to stop me. But um, I've had a, an interesting career and. Technologist by background, I have a degree in engineering, two degrees in engineering. How I got into digital healthcare, first of all, most of my career has been in digital healthcare and remote monitoring of some sort, but my early career was design engineer and data communications. And in in 2004, while I was working on a master's degree, I, I'd gone back to school and I was really, I had that entrepreneurial itch and I was looking for something to do and I I got involved in wearable body area networks and, and studying, you know, wearable sensors. So this was in 2004 to 2007. Uh, so if I told you today that I, you know, if I, that I worked with accelerometers or MIMS accelerometers, most everyone would say, oh, I know what an accelerometer is. It's, you know, it's in my iPhone. It's how it knows if it's horizontal or, you know, landscape or portrait mode. But, um, this was in 2004, so it's still somewhat early. The first iPhone wouldn't be released until 2007. Um, we were doing activity tracking. The first Fitbit product wouldn't be released until 2009. So, um, a pretty exciting time to be, you know, pretty early in that space. We were um, using accelerometers for wearable, um, wearable activity tracking, um, uh, step detection, things like that. And in 2007, when I finished the program, I worked with the university to transfer uh, some of that intellectual property into a, a new company uh, to commercialize that. And our first product, uh, the company was Halo Monitoring. And the first product that we commercialized was a uh, wearable fall detection, wearable device for uh, improving access of care for caregivers, family caregivers to help care for aging adults. And the first product was a wearable fall detection device uh, coupled with a web platform for caring for your elderly parent, observing their activity patterns, um, getting alerts when, uh, when things happened uh, out of the ordinary. Uh, so um, we released that product in 2009 at the time. It was the first um, first MIMS solid state fall detection device companies like Philips and a few others were doing something very similar at the time, but uh, we were the first to market uh, first to launch that in 2009. Operated that company as CEO uh, for uh For roughly five years and then exited the company uh, to mobile help in 2012. Uh, So the company was acquired primarily for the fall detection. Although we had other products, we also introduced um, uh, Bluetooth uh, telehealth devices, uh, which which was kind of early on that as well, but that'll, that'll kind of come full circle. We were, we were doing some early remote uh, patient monitoring, Um, but in 2012 joined mobile Health, where I still am today and um uh wore a couple different hats uh over the years but uh um initially was head of product development and driving a lot of the innovation for the company uh transferring of course the fall detection technology uh, but then we also began probably in 2014 dabbling in uh, remote patient monitoring which we call telehealth at the time and uh um, um, in 2016, co-founded our healthcare division uh, so that we could bring these solutions to market and provide them to healthcare providers uh, and also to incubate our, our remote patient monitoring solution. Uh, so um, a couple notable things. In 2018, we introduced our, our tablet, our first uh, remote patient monitoring tablet-based solution that combined that with uh, personal emergency response. And that was sort of the standard of care. That's still the standard of care for remote patient monitoring. Uh, we deliver that, that solution to patients that have chronic conditions. Um, um, and then uh, got very couple things happened all at once that really formed a catalyst for that business. Uh, 2019 uh, CMS introduced CPT codes to uh, fee-for-service cpt codes to pay for remote patient monitoring so that that was um that's sort of the first first code in 2019 and then uh expanded that added three new codes in 2020 and they've sort of been refining that uh, ever since uh, and then also in 2020 brought the pandemic which um was also a major uh catalyst for the adoption of remote uh digital uh, care technologies like remote patient monitoring and telehealth so um, so, so those two things helped grow the business and um, helped drive adoption for the the solutions. And um, I operated the the healthcare division uh, for several years. And then uh, in twenty twenty two we uh, um, we exited again. We were acquired by Advocate Health Enterprises. Uh, so we're that's where we are today as well.
1: Well, that's been quite a journey and we appreciate you sharing your background. And it's so interesting that a lot of the things that you did way back, we're seeing the fruits of those um, today. But what also stands out to me as a Kind of think back on what you just shared is that it's not just about recognizing the need for access to care but also the opportunity that technology has played in our healthcare delivery and so when we think about that and we think about our populations aging in place and we think about living with chronic disease and people really wanting to stay in their homes as long as they can stay in their homes but still have the quality of life. Um, So when you think about that, and and I know you also said before that entrepreneurial itch, I wrote that down because I thought that was pretty good. (laughs) But when you think about the wearables that we're seeing in in today's uh, market and we're seeing mobile help apps and we're seeing other self-monitoring devices, how do you see those in the future playing even a greater part? Or even as you're thinking about that developing, that entrepreneur kind of um spirit how do you see us moving forward with some of those things
2: yeah great great question um yeah when we when we launched the healthcare division in 2016 the you know at that time I think the uh, you know the elderly uh, the 65 and older adoption of smartphones was only at 30 percent right so today it's at um, maybe depending on depending on what source you look at, Sixty-five and older might be in the sixty percent, but I, I saw I saw a recent study by AARP that showed the sixty to sixty-nine category at eighty-one percent smartphone adoption. So I think I think there's a really sharp roll-off as you get older. So sixty-five and older, I think, is a pretty broad, pretty broad age demographic. And really, what I think is happening is you have a sort of a bubble of of uh, very um, much more um uh, savvy technologically speaking savvy seniors that are aging and using smartphones and and more comfortable with technology and of course this is the group that that uh that um has chronic conditions so so i think 85 percent of uh, americans over 65 have at least one chronic condition so this is this is exactly our demographic and so in two in 2016 we 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 were forced to build a purpose-built tablet to deliver this application, but I think what's exciting today, as you mentioned, mobile uh, mobile health applications, that is now becoming um, more ubiquitous. Uh, You know, our our demographic has a smartphone; they're comfortable using it. I I know we probably all you know tracked our activity or fitness or or meals through an app. Um, We probably you know probably everyone here is is Visited with a healthcare provider, you know, at least one telehealth visit. I know, you know, during the pandemic, it was, it was, you know, that was the only way to, to see your healthcare provider, but it's, it's becoming more common. I know in my case, you know, my parents and even my grandparents, I think are using social media more than I am now. So it's, I think there's, you know, definitely a more comfort level with technology. Um, these devices are ubiquitous. So um, having access to that platform, this, this will become the standard, of, of how um, healthcare is delivered. Um, and uh, we, we at, at Health, we just released um, our mobile remote patient monitoring solution. Uh, we're piloting that now, and we have a lot of enhancements planned for that. So I, I think that's, um, you know, definitely a big trend. Um, and you mentioned wearable devices. I, th- I think that, um, you know, this is definitely a, a, a trend that will change the way remote monitoring and digital healthcare is delivered. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, right now we're, we're most of our populations today are using self-test medical devices and taking discrete readings, uh, daily, but, you know, with wearable devices like continuous glucose monitors and other, um, other sensors, you can track, um, a number of different vitals on a more continuous basis and, and, uh, and, and have a much, uh, much more, um, accurate view into a patient's health information.
1: Very good. Well, two things that kind of sparked my, my thoughts and questions as you were just describing that, um, especially with the self-tested devices, while that's great in one sense, and I'd like to, for you to speak to these two things. Like I said, while it's great in one sense, but then that means that you have a enormous amount of data, um, data coming in from all kinds of different points. And as a typical user, how do I know how to manage this data? So that's one of my questions. The other question I would ask, kind of going back to your entrepreneur um, itch that you talk about, um, do we see trends of those devices being used in a younger population and other use cases outside of just our chronic um, elderly population that we think so two things one what do we do with all this data and then second do we see this these devices these wearables these mobile apps extending beyond that elderly population your thoughts on that uh,
2: yeah yeah so um, first on the data um, you know what our mobile app today will will allow, tracking of of data on a self-test basis so you can you know we have patients that are using that daily ideally some some multiple times per day especially uh, patients with diabetes um, you know might be taking their measuring their blood glucose multiple times per day Um, so that i mean we were all all familiar with the annual wellness visit with our primary care provider and you may go in once a year and get your blood pressure checked uh, one tiny snapshot of your vitals for an entire year even with self-test medical devices, it's it's it it really changes that care paradigm. And especially if you have a chronic condition, capturing those vitals um, daily and being able to observe that and it is it, um is is far greater control of a chronic condition and and far better opportunity for early intervention as as those vitals change. so that that is sort of the standard of how it's delivered today. As you pointed out, the continuous monitoring, um we'll 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 sample vitals every every five minutes so um you'll have uh, uh, a lot more volume of data and and that data is you know has to be organized in a way that is actionable it has to be organized in a way that it's intuitive and the goal the goal is not to overwhelm clinicians and and your healthcare providers with with you know too much information the goal is to use the technology and the platform to alert their attention to changes in your health that are that that require an intervention measure of some sort. So if it's a change in medication or they need to bring you into the office, that's really the goal. Uh, so that yeah. the platform has to distill that data and interpret that for the clinicians in a way that that makes that possible.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because as a clinician, that inundating of information, you got to be able to sort it and, like you said, make it actionable um, and really be able to tease out what's important what's not important and then where are those opportunities to do those early interventions so great point on that so going back to the second point do we see those use cases expanding beyond just our elderly population or where do you think that's going to fit in the next five or ten years
2: yeah absolutely I do and and I think actually some of this is happening now so if you if you think about some of the wearable technologies that we're most familiar with um, um, a lot of people might think of you know things like Fitbit or or uh, um, you know heart rate monitors and um, you know GPS trackers and, and things like this. So these, a lot of these actually, um, you know, were first applied for um, you know athletes and and you know some extreme extreme athletics where where tracking your health information is is um, um, you know is, is really. Uh, valuable from a from a performance perspective. So, so I actually think this is already happening to some degree. Um, I think that uh, um, that's you know that's that's kind of an ideal early early adopter category. Just because the the, the those I, I'm using patients loosely here because they're not patients, but but those are individuals. Those those patients are are naturally very compliant. They're they're tracking their data. They're they're very engaged. They're very motivated to engage in their own health. And so. That's um you know definitely been one area that some of this technology has expanded. On the contrary, the you know, the the chronic um chronically ill populations that we are involved with, primarily um engagement and compliance is a little bit more of a challenge.
1: Okay. So when we think about the roadmap, um, and I know you, you've been instrumental in helping the growth of ClearArch in terms of the technology and what's coming forth. Can you share with us a little bit of what may be coming forth? Or is, is this something we have to wait and see?
2: <laughs> uh, we, we can share some. So I think the, uh, I did mention uh, our our mobile solution, um, ClearArch Mobile, That that is something that we're going to continue to invest in. Um, you'll see uh, expanded device capability. Uh, you will see um, uh, telehealth visits directly through the app. Um, You'll you'll see um, uh, improved education uh, for managing your chronic condition um, health surveys through that. So there are a lot of enhancements to um, to really um, you know, you provide a full, you know, full solution for remote caregiving for a chronic condition. Um, uh, we'll also we'll, we'll also use patient smartphones in other ways. So we, we when we talk about a smartphone, we we think about the app a lot, but. Uh, um, this, you know, this is also a way that we can communicate on other ways. So we'll, we, we will begin using, um, you know, more uh, innovative ways to engage patients outside of the app uh, through text messaging, maybe AI driven uh, alert validation to uh, encourage their use to help improve and change behavior and, and drive them back into that app and continue uh, managing their chronic condition. Uh, so those are a couple of things that you can expect to see from us. And and, of course, we're uh, we're looking at uh, uh, wearable and continuous monitoring very closely as well.
1: Awesome. Well, this has been a fascinating discussion, but it seems like we're out of time. And, Chris, I want to thank you for um, providing this insight and giving us this information. I think your unique insight into the mobile health, the apps that are current and also future will be very um, helpful for our audience. And, again, thank you for being with us.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure.
0: We've come to the end of another episode of Transforming Healthcare with Clear Arch Health. Please continue to tune in each month as we hear from healthcare experts and industry thought leaders about the latest developments in telehealth and remote patient monitoring, giving you all the information you want and need to hear. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time.